0: Interruptions are annoying. I see some of you. I love that when I ask that question, they did it in the first service too. It's like, get this face, like, right? Interruption. Interruptions are not fun. But I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw you a curve this morning, and I'm gonna preach a message called Divine Interruption. That there are interruptions that are good. Okay, Divine Interruptions. Now I was thinking about this between services. Sometimes we recorded the first one. But sometimes you get another thought before the second one. That's, that's good. But I wanted to record it this morning, the first one, in case we had problems. And so that will be going up on YouTube and Facebook later. And, uh, again, we're still working to get everything together to be able to live stream. We're waiting on new Internet. That's going to be a couple weeks. Uh, getting more cameras and stuff. But we're going we're gonna to continue to improve on that. But I was thinking about interruptions, and I thought, you know, how many of you guys, I know I can hit a nerve with this, how many of you get the call, get a call, and there's just some people that when they call, you look at it and you're like, uh, oh, I know I'm the only one, right? Nobody else does that, right? You look down and you're like, you know what this is going to be, right? You know it's going to be a while. Or even if, you know what, even if it's someone you really like to talk to, they may talk a long time. And you're like, I ain't got 20 minutes right now, <laughs> you know? And then some people, I won't mention them, my father-in-law, amen, they take five minutes to say goodbye, like, I, like, how many knows people like that? I love my father-in-law to death, but, and, and, and I, I'm, I'm the other side of the spectrum. I usually don't say goodbye. My, my daughters and wife get, get real mad at me for that. And um, speaking of daughters, speaking of daughters, there's another announcement. Dylan and Kristen just got engaged yesterday, so... But they, but they used to get so mad because I, I just be like, I just hang up. I don't, I don't, a lot of times I forget to say goodbye. But the flip side of that is, bye, bye. Okay, then talk to you later. Okay, see you later. Then bye. Okay, right, and they just keep on going. But th- there's interruptions that are annoying, and I, I want to talk about a divine one this morning. Proverbs 19:21 says, and this is in the English English Standard Version. Many are the plans in the mind of a man. How many of agree with that? We have lots of plans. You had plans today. After church, you had plans before you came, you had plans yesterday. By the way, how many know this whole pandemic's been an interruption? Right? It's the whole thing's been an interruption. It has absolutely interrupted our lives. But even looking at the pandemic, how many know we can look at what's gone on and see how God has even been involved in that? Right? He he has used this interruption to interrupt our lives. And I believe that most of us, if not all of us, have come back to church with a new Feeling of appreciation for the ability to, be, ability to be able to be in church, right? So that interruption served a purpose. So many are our plans, but watch what it says, but it's the purpose of the Lord that will stand or other versions say that will prevail. So God's way is going to prevail, but we make our plans. And I, I was thinking about the, the number one most important interruption happened this morning with that young man, as Paul said, and a couple other people that came forward which is the divine interruption that is eternal. And I think back to 28 years ago, almost in October, when God interrupted my life. You need to think back this morning for a moment. I want you to go with me for a moment to the time and place and and day and year where God interrupted your plans. And maybe this morning you're here and he has not interrupted your plans yet. Today he wants to interrupt your plans. He wants to do a divine interruption in your life. I was, in, I was just out of high school. I was going to college. I, I had a dream ever since I was a kid to play professional sports. I wanted to play at college basketball. I had a scholarship. I had opportunities, and I had all my plans ahead of me, and I was going to practice. I had got, worked really hard all summer after my senior year to get in the best shape of my life. I was lifting more than ever. I was in the best shape. I was jumping higher than ever. I was shooting better than ever. I was in the best shape of my life. I had plans to obviously play college, and then every person that plays college wants to play professional. That's their goal. Not everybody gets to, but I had all these plans, and on a Tuesday night, October 4th, I walked into a church, and I had to go because I lived at home, and and I was sitting at the back, and I had plans to just get through the service and go home. Wake up the next day and go to practice, go to school, and just do my thing. We were just a few weeks away from starting the season. Guess what? God had a divine interruption in my life. And I'm sitting at the back of that church, and preacher starts preaching about hell and about, about the reality of it. And and God got a hold of me, and I changed my life that night. And I had a divine interruption in my life that set me on a different course and the very next day, I was a totally different person, heading in a totally different direction. How many are thankful for that divine interruption that God did in your life when He called you to salvation? Amen. It's a divine interruption. If you think back, none of you woke up the day you got saved and thought, "Hey, I'm going to get saved today." Because a lot of people don't even know they, just, they need to get saved. Saved from what? Right. And so we don't. We don't. We don't have that. But I want you to think about something. How amazing salvation is. How amazing it is that the God and creator of this entire universe, the one who made all the galaxies, the one who created the world, stopped time whenever your day was. Mine was October fourth, 1992, 9 o'clock at night on a Tuesday night. I know exactly where I was. I know exactly what I was doing. It went God stopped time for me. Can you imagine how how personal that is tonight or this morning? You know, sometimes we forget how really personal God is. Now, I'm gonna make this more, more, more make more sense of it to you and put it in our own understanding today because sometimes, even as much as we love God, He seems so far away sometimes because he's so big. But how many in here have a favorite athlete, a favorite singer? a favorite actor or actress or somebody. I mean, I shouldn't say how many. Everybody has somebody that they look up to, that they admire, that when they're growing up, they want to be like them, or just someone you like to watch in a certain movie, or a famous famous actor or somebody like that. I want you to think of that person right now. You might have several, but just think of that person right now, okay? Get that person's face in your mind, and think of that person that you think, man, this, this, this guy's really, or this girl's really amazing. And now that they're there, I want you to think about something. Can you imagine... Getting a phone call today in the afternoon as you're sitting at your house, and you look down at your caller ID, and it is not an annoying phone call. It is the caller ID of the name of the person I just put in your head. Can you imagine seeing your phone ring and that person's name there? Right? And and you know that they are calling your number. And then when you answer, that person, that man or woman says, hey, how you doing, Blake? And I'm like, hey, how you doing, Kobe? Which would be even crazier today because he's he's dead, but, right? Hey, how you doing, Kobe? He'd say, hey, today about 5 o'clock I'm going to drop by your house over there on 410 South Lakeshore Circle in Bridgeport. How many would freak out? Right? You're thinking of the famous person? Can you imagine they called you on your phone and they told you your address and they said they're coming to your house to hang out and eat dinner? you imagine that that's that's the personal divine appointment and interruption that God did in your life and th- that famous person you're thinking of is nothing compared to God but God it, it called your name one day <clears throat> and he called your house one day and he called your spirit one day <clears throat> excuse me I'm good don't worry I ain't got no virus allergies and he and he began to to, to knock on your door now now watch this this is the important thing about what I'm talking about this morning, God gives us the opportunity to accept or reject this ignore this uh, uh, interruption. How many how many guys men and women do I have here that when your your kids interrupt you speaking, you get mad. That's like the, one of the worst things you can do as a kid, right? Interrupt mom and dad talking, or talking to somebody. What do you do? Everybody knows that look. Everybody knows how to get it and give it, right? That looked like I'm talking. But God interrupted you one day, and he knocked on your door of your heart, Revelation says. And he had a divine interruption for your life. Now, here's what's crazy, though. How many have ever wondered, how is it possible that people turn down such an amazing salvation? How come everybody doesn't accept Jesus? I want you to picture now that that same famous person actually shows up at your house. You might not have believed it. All of a sudden, the doorbell rings, and you look through the eye hole, and there he or she is with his entourage, with their expensive car or whatever that came in, and they're there at your house. Can you imagine if they called you, showed up at your house, got to the door, knocked on the door, rang the doorbell, and you did not open the door? Would that be crazy? That is what a lot of people do to salvation. Jesus knocks he calls he interrupts your life he gets your attention he comes to your door and he knocks and the Bible actually tells us that some people do not open the door and they reject it that's the crazy thing but God interrupts our lives to get our attention now think about the word the root word of interrupt it is to interfere with a legal right I've got a legal right to answer that phone or not answer that phone how about the bill collectors right? You know what that call is. How about, how about school, right? You know what that call is. Some of your parents like, thank God it's over. God has a habit and a right to interrupt our lives, but the bottom line is we all have the right to ignore it or accept it. How many know when that, when that call comes up, you've got two options, green, red, swipe and open, or hit and decline, Right? And we have that option, and that's one of the greatest things about the gospel. Now, I want you to write this down. The ultimate eternal interruption, the ultimate eternal interruption is the day that Jesus came into your life and saved you. Do you remember when it was? Do you remember that moment? I told you mine. If you don't, today can be your day. I think that there's a, I I know some people have memory problems and all that, but if you don't remember the day and the time and the place that God interrupted your life and turned you around and saved you, then maybe you should just do it again. Because you should remember it. It should be the moment that's most important in your life, amen? The moment that God interrupted your plans and changed your plans for good. I think about Moses in Exodus chapter 3. We're going to read a few verses here and the burning bush experience. Stay with me here. How many have heard of Moses and the burning bush? This is a picture of the personal God that we serve and how he came and and revealed himself to Moses right in front of him in a way that this is what's interesting. How many know that when God dealt with you, he dealt with you how you needed to be dealt with? Do you realize that? He dealt with you how you needed to be dealt with. He dealt with me how I needed to be dealt with. For example, the way God dealt with me, fear of hell and putting that revelation of hell in front of me might not have worked for somebody else, might not have been what it would have have saved you, but it was what I needed. It was my personal interruption. And I believe with all my heart that if I would have heard any other message that night, I wouldn't have got saved. It's possible right now that this message is your divine interruption. It might be the message that saves your life. Or if you're already saved, it might be the message that puts you in the right direction to be walking in the will of God, for God to fulfill his plans and his purposes in your life. Because I know that every single person in here wants God to use them. So he shows up in verse 1. It says, Moses was tending to the flock of Jethro, his father in law. So he's doing his thing. He's busy. He's working. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire. How many remember just a couple weeks ago we talked about this? When it says the angel of the Lord and it's capital L, this is probably a Jesus moment. This is Jesus in the Old Testament, showing up, okay? And so he gets there, and he's in the flame, and it says, fire's coming from the midst of the bush, but Moses looked, and the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. So he knew exactly how to get Moses' attention. Moses was intrigued. He was like, why is the bush burning, but the bush is not being consumed? That was his way of dealing with Moses, Moses might have been a scientist, he might have been very intellectual, we don't know. But that particular thing got his attention. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why this bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw saw that, he turned aside to look, and God called to him from the midst of the bush, and watch this, said, Moses, and God is so patient, he said it again, Moses, Sometimes we're too busy the first time. He said it twice. Moses, and he said, Here I am. And can you imagine hearing the bush speak? Out of the fire that's not being consumed. Right? How I many know oh God? That's, that, that sounds crazy. But you know when you tell people how you got saved, that sounds crazy too. Our divine inter- 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 interruption in our life sounds crazy. But God uses it. Then he said, draw near to this place, and he said, watch, this is the picture of salvation. He says, take the sandals off your feet, for the place where you're standing is holy ground. See, that's what happened to me the night I got saved. That's what happens when you have a divine interruption from God. You realize how wicked you are. You realize how lost you are and how much you need a Savior. He says, the the ground you're standing on is holy. Take those sandals off. And he says, I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And the Bible says, Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. How many remember when Saul had his divine interruption? You might know the Bible in Acts chapter 9. You can read it later. Saul is on his way to do his thing. He is on his way to do what he thinks is right. Today, lots of people are doing what they think is right. Matter of fact, Proverbs also says there is a way that seems right unto man, but in the end leads to destruction. And so Saul is on his way to go kill more Christians. God, you know, God shows up in the sun and bright light comes down. Saul falls off his horse. And Jesus says, why are you persecuting me? Why are you running from me? And so he has a divine appointment. And we know that that starts the beginning of the conversion of Saul, who turns into Paul, who writes two-thirds of the New Testament. It was a divine interruption. He was going one way, and he turned around and ended up going the opposite way. And so there's a salvation interruption that God does in our lives. And that's the most important interruption he has. When you look back at your life later, you're going to say, man, God, thank you for interrupting my plans. It's going to be one of those few times you're not going to be mad that God came in and changed things around, okay? Now, if you're saved and you know Jesus as Lord and Savior, here's another interruption God wants to do. Now we're going to get to the people here who know the Lord, and you say, what's God going to do to me? He's going to interrupt you to serve him. He's going to interrupt you for service. Acts chapter 8. Let's look at a story here. Philip is, on his, is, is doing something. Philip's doing whatever Philip does that day. And in chapter 8, verse 26 says, The angel of the Lord spoke to Philip and said, Arise and go to the, towards the south along the road, which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he says, I want you to go head this direction. How many want God to guide your lives by the, his Holy Spirit? Right? I'm, I'm talking to at least somebody here this morning. Let me ask over here how many would like God to guide your lives so he can use you so one day when you stand before him you'll get a crown I said a little bit better for them over here amen I mentioned the crown part right how many want God to use you I know you do I know God you God, God wants to use you but a lot of times the way he uses you is by an interruption he's going to interrupt your life he's going to interrupt your plans I can think back to the times God has used me the most Is in places I wasn't comfortable doing things that I didn't want to do, going places I didn't want to go, and to say things I didn't want to say. God will interrupt your plans. But listen to this. You will get to a place in your life where you will say, God, interrupt me. You can call me anytime you want. You can ask me anytime you want. You can tell me to do anything you want. I'll go where you want. Listen, that's a dangerous prayer but it's also a prayer of an overcomer. It's also the prayer of somebody who is going to have a great crown when they get to heaven, amen? Somebody who is available to be interrupted by God. Say, God, I'll stop doing what I'm doing. I'll go where you want me to go. And so Philip was willing, and the Bible says he went into the desert, and verse 27 says, he arose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority, under candace the queen of the ethiopians who had charge of all her treasury and had come to jerusalem to worship was returning and sitting in his chariot reading the book of isaiah the prophet before i keep reading here do you realize church sometimes when god interrupts your plans and tells you to give somebody a jesus card or tells you to go talk to somebody or tells you just to say Jesus loves you, or tells you to turn around and go back and do something, whenever he's doing that, he, he has got, he's got you going towards somebody who's already ripe, who's already ready for the word of God. Amen? Thank you. No, I'm not going to drink it. Thank you. Everybody just stare at me. This is the most embarrassing thing in the world. There's not much I hate worse than drinking in front of everybody. But since I'm going to, it was good. All right. Thank you. I lost my train of thought again. That's the worst part. They're right. Thank you. They're right. Hallelujah. You realize that? That that person may not look like it, but they might have just read a verse in the morning. Or they might have just had an interruption by God, and they're they're looking for someone to tell them, and we don't know it, but God tells us to do it. He shows up to this man. God says, go, and he goes. And because he went, this man was reading the book of Isaiah, but he didn't understand it. How many know there's a lot of people outside of these four walls, and maybe you're even here this morning, that you believe and you want to serve God, but you don't know what you believe? A lot of people out there who are searching for things. I think during this pandemic, it's gotten people hopefully gotten people's attention. And people are searching for truth, and they're searching for what's right, and they're searching to know what God's will is for their life. But the Bible says in Romans, how will they know unless somebody preaches to them? And so this man is reading, but watch what he says. He says, I, "I'm." he's reading the book of Isaiah, and first, first of all, God tells him, he interrupts him again, and says, the spirit says, go near and overtake the chariot. How many times has God told you, go talk to someone at that table? Go, go talk to someone at that gas station. Go go talk to someone at the grocery store. Go give them a, do something. I, come on, has he ever told you to do that? I'm not asking if you answered it right, or if you let him interrupt you, but he does. He puts something in your spirit. He says, I want you to go overtake that chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? Listen, I want you to see a picture of the world today. Just because they have a Bible, just because they go to church, just because they're listening online, doesn't mean they understand. He says, do you understand what you're reading? And, and this man says, how can I unless someone guides me? There's a lot of people out there right now who are truly searching for the truth and they need us to guide them. They need us to set them in the right direction. doesn't mean we have all the answers, but how many know we know who does have all the answers? And he asks Philip to come up and sit with him. and the Bible tells us later in that story that he gets in that chariot with him. He explains the book of Isaiah, and that man gets saved. He interrupted he, he, Philip's life. He interrupted the Ethiopian's life, and there was a perfect connection of divine intervention in that interruption that led to the salvation of that man. And there's no telling who that man went on to go lead to the Lord because Philip was willing for God to interrupt his plans. Another story is the story of the, great, of the good Samaritan. How many know that story? This is an interesting story. In Luke chapter 10, verse 30. We're going to pick it up. And it says, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho And fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, and wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now this is interesting. By chance, a certain priest came down that road. Let me know nothing happens by chance. By a divine interruption, a priest comes down that road, and that priest should have stopped. God was speaking to that priest, stop and talk to this, help this man. And what did the priest do? He passed him by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite. Now, these are two godly people. When he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan. This is the person who's not supposed to go near the Jews. This is an outcast person. As he journeyed, he was willing to to let God interrupt him. And came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and set him on his own animal, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. How many know that's a change of interruption? He had to change all his plans. And then it says, on the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, Gave them to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I'll repay you. So, which of these three do you think was the neighbor to, the, to him who fell among the thieves? Not the religious one, the one who was willing to be interrupted, the one who was willing to change their schedule, the one who was willing to sacrifice a little bit. How many know that when we sacrifice for the things of God, it will be rewarded? Everything done in secret will be exposed in public. That's for the good, too. When you do things that you don't tell your left hand about, your right, your right hand and your left hand in and, and secret, it's done in love, it's done for, the, for God, that stuff will be exalted in public. It will come out in fruits, and people will see the fruits in your life, and they'll glorify God. So Jesus says, go and do likewise. The last story here, and again, there's hundreds Think about Jonah. I'm not going to mention, but Jonah. Jonah's on his way to Nineveh. Or, or he's on his way, sorry, not to, Nineveh, to Tarsus, and he says, go to Nineveh. He, God is always going to stop us and say, is this person willing to let me use them? He's looking this morning. The Bible says his eyes go to and fro. He's looking to see who is available to be used. And isn't, isn't it amazing that someone so powerful and so mighty would use someone so weak like us? Isn't that neat to think that he would use us? So listen to this last story. In Acts chapter 16, verses 16 to 18, Paul and Silas are on their way to prayer. Now, this is interesting, too, because now we see the succession. Somebody looked out for Saul, who became Paul, and that was Cornelius. And now Saul's preaching the gospel, and now that chain of grace is moving through the gospels. And people are being willing to let their lives be interrupted. It's a crazy thought, right? Because we don't like being interrupted. And now God says, I want to interrupt your life. I want to come in and mess up your plans. But what can God do with a person who says, I'll let you mess up my plans? You know, somebody who's very not known one day saw Billy Graham at 12 years old walking down the street of a square and said, tonight we're having church service, invited Billy Graham to go to church, 12 years old, and how many know how that turned out? But most people don't know who that guy is. We just know the story. But look what Billy Graham did. That man had had an eruption from God that said, stop and talk to this little boy. Sometimes God asks us to do strange things, and we don't know why we're doing it. But if we'll just be obedient, God will do something amazing. And so it says, as it happened, we were on our way to prayer. You know, those the Levite and the priests were probably on their way to prayer too. But they were so busy getting to prayer that they didn't do the thing that God interrupted right in front of them. And they missed out on a blessing. You don't know who you're witnessing to. Do you witness? I hope you witness. Do you share the gospel? Do you tell people about Jesus? Do you pass out Jesus cards? Do you live your life in a way that others are looking at you and watching you? If you do that, you don't know who you're witnessing to. You don't know who you might win to the Lord. You don't know that you might. Think about the crown in heaven that that man has that led Billy Graham to the Lord. Think about that crown. You don't know who you're touching. You might think, man, I've never, I've never really done anything for the Lord. You will not know till you get to heaven. But you're, you are going to know that you're not going to have anything happen if you don't let God interrupt you. Let him interrupt your plans. Let him interrupt your life. That's what happens when a man and, and, and a family and a couple and, and, a, and, a, and people say, God, I will listen to your call. I'll go. They let life, they let God interrupt their lives. Say, God, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. And this, this, this uh, story says at, that as he was on his way to prayer, a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her master's much profit by fortune telling. It says this girl followed Paul and us. This is Silas talking and cried out saying, "These men are the servants of the most high God who proclaimed to us the way of salvation." How many how many were like people that even have demonic spirits to recognize who Jesus is in your life? How many understand this morning that the power that we have in Jesus' name is greater than any power in this world? It's greater than any virus. It's greater than any fear. It's greater than any pandemic. It's greater than any spirit of death. It's greater than any spirit of divination. It's greater than any spirit in the world. Amen? Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. The Bible says he has given us power to trample on serpents and scorpions, and no deadly thing will hurt us. Amen? We don't need to walk in fear. We have the power of the name of Jesus, and those demonic spirits recognize us. You don't have to be afraid of demonic spirits. You don't have to be afraid of things. Somebody emailed me and asked, you know, I'm looking for deliverance. Do you know any deliverance ministries? I said, our church just preaches deliverance and believes in deliverance. Just come to church, and you'll get delivered. Why do you got to go look for a deliverance ministry? The church should be a deliverance ministry. Amen. That's what the gospel preaches, isn't it? Or am I preaching, am am I reading a different gospel? Didn't he say in my name they'll cast out demons? If they lay their hands on the sick, they'll recover. They'll speak with new tongues. Didn't he say in my name these signs will follow those who believe me? Don't we still believe in Jesus? Well, let's let God interrupt our lives. Let's let God come in and be God. Let's not put God in a little box. Because they were willing to listen and just turn and go, that spirit spoke out in that woman. And this is interesting. Sometimes we can even get annoyed with God. God's telling me to go do this. God's telling me to go talk to that person. God's telling me to go visit that person. God's telling me, and you can get annoyed. Paul, the Bible says in this verse, says he was, she says, the Bible says she did this for many days. She kept saying this about them. And it says, Paul, greatly annoyed, rolling his eyes, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her and he came out that very hour amen we don't we, we have that power in in the, in the name of Jesus even when we get annoyed just do it in obedience and then God will work on your heart and you'll get to a place where you appreciate the the uh what's the word what am i preaching on make sure you are paying attention right? You'll get to where you appreciate the interruption. You'll get to where you say, God, I recognize you're interrupting something right now, and I need to stop and listen because you're doing something. Somebody needs me right now. Somebody needs me to pray right now. God might interrupt your day and say, pray for this person right now. I've had many times God interrupts me in sleeping. And I wake up and very rarely, listen, very rarely does personally with me, does he tell me who I'm praying for. But I say, Lord, I don't know who I'm supposed to pray for right now, but I'm praying. I begin to pray in the spirit right then because I know God's interrupting me for something. How many want to get to that place where you know when God is interrupting you, he's doing something and you're willing to let him interrupt you? It sounds crazy because in our society, interruption is rude. But how many know God does things different than we do? And he wants to know if he can interrupt us or not. And the bottom line is we can say no. No, God, I'm busy. Right? Isn't that true? Can't we tell God, no, God, I'm busy? Sounds crazy, but we can and we do. God, I'm busy right now. And God will say, okay, and he'll move on to the next person. Because God's will will prevail. Don't miss out on what God has for you. Don't miss out on the interruption that God wants to do. Here's the last thing. We we can interrupt God in a good way. We can interrupt God. Doesn't that sound crazy? I think Pastor Mario mentioned this in one of the last few services, Luke 18. It says, as he drew near to Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. And hearing a crowd go by, he inquired what this meant. And they said, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And they said in front of him and rebuked him and said, be quiet, be silent. It says he cried out all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. And like, watch this, Jesus stopped. You know we can stop Jesus, we can interrupt God. Say, God, I'm crying out to you right now. For my family member i'm crying out to you right now for this financial situation god matter of fact there's a parable in the bible that says they knocked so much that the person finally got up out of bed and opened the door All Right? why don't we get that way with god why don't we interrupt god and say god have mercy on me have mercy on my family have mercy on my finances have mercy on my life have mercy have mercy and he says what do you want me to do and he says let lord let me recover my sight and jesus said recover your sight your faith has made you well. And it says he recovered his sight, and he followed him, glorifying God, and all the people saw it and gave God praise. Amen. Let's give the Lord some praise this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Father, in this place this morning, you are are doing a divine interruption of our lives. Everybody's in a different place. Father, I can't thank you enough for interrupting my life 28 years ago. I'm forever indebted. I'm thankful for the interruption, for changing my plans. And I have seen, Lord, that your plans are way better than my plans. Even though your ways are not my ways and your thoughts are not my thoughts, your plans are better. Your plans will prevail, Lord, so I'm going to stop fighting against you. I'm going to stop trying to ignore the interruptions, and I'm going to give in to them. I'm telling you this morning, there's going to be some fruit from this message. And there's some people listening to me right now that God is getting your attention. And He's interrupting some things in your life. You're frustrated. You don't understand what God is doing. But He's doing something right now. And you understand what I'm saying. He's been interrupting you. And He's been changing things. And you've been trying to do things. This is a word for somebody this morning. You've been trying to do things your way or the highway This is just how it is, and this is how it's supposed to be. Nothing's working. You keep hitting your head against the wall. Nothing is working. It's like you're putting a square into a circle. And God says to you this morning, and you know who you are, and there may be more than one, but you know who you are. God says, stop trying to do things your way, and let me take over. And I will do great and mighty things that you know not of. I will do things that you can't even imagine in your life. And I'll do it in a way that you never expected. But it is time for you to let me interrupt your plans and let my plans prevail. In Jesus' name. Somebody received that word this morning. Somebody's going to see some fruit from it. All over this place, as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, have you had a divine, eternal interruption? Has Jesus came in and changed your life, transformed your life? Has Jesus forgiven your sins? Have you accepted? He's knocking on the door. He's ringing the doorbell right now. Are you going to open it or are you going to keep it closed? It's your choice. It's your choice. But he wants to do great things in your life. And to do that, it starts with a yes, God. Yes, Lord. Yes, I'll give you my life. And God doesn't want religion this morning. He doesn't want certain just prayers that you've memorized. He wants your heart. He wants a willingness that you'll do what he says to do and go where he said to go and say what he says to say. How many in this place could say, Pastor, I'm not saved. Today I want to give my life to Jesus. There's a divine interruption in my life this morning, and I feel it, and I sense it. Would you just lift your hand all over this place? That's me. I need Jesus. I need to be saved all over. If you know Jesus this morning, and He is your Savior, and He is your Lord, are you willing today to let God interrupt your plans? God's not satisfied, and you shouldn't be either, with you just going to heaven. You have got to take somebody with you. And I want you to know this morning, there is at least one person tied their destiny and their eternal life is tied to yours, at least one. I hope that you believe for more than that, but there is at least one person that if you don't listen and you don't let God interrupt your life, they will not know the Lord. It's important to think about that. And you might think, I don't have any talent. I don't have any abilities. How could God use me? As Pastor Mario said, I've made too many mistakes. I've messed up too many times. Stop listening to those lies of the devil and start listening to God's word that says, I've called you out of darkness into my marvelous light. That I have set you free and I've caused you to know me and I have I've made you a new creation. And I want to use you because there's potential in this place this morning. But you got to let God interrupt your plans. you got to be willing to change course. And let God be God. Let's stand to our feet this morning. And as you do, we're going to open up these altars. I, I believe the word has been spoken. I believe several people have received it. I believe we'll see fruit from this. Let God interrupt you. Embrace the interruption. Just like when you look down at a phone and you go, ah. Oh. Say, oh, God, I, I appreciate this interruption right now. Amen. I know that you're doing something. Get to where you recognize that. Let's find a place this morning. Let's spend some time with God. Let's ask God. Let's say a bold prayer this morning. Say, God, interrupt me. That's a bold prayer. Would you come and you find a place to pray, and when you do, would you ask God to interrupt your life? I'm doing it. I'm saying, God, interrupt my life this morning, however you want to do it, Father. Interrupt my life, Jesus.